Good morning. The people behind me are on this boat, and they had it to rekindle the flame. Amen. Amen. There's a family here, and a little boy, and a father, and a mother. And so I just uh, just want to call your attention to the teaching today. The teaching today has to do with the life of Elijah. As you, as you begin yesterday, as we started yesterday, we begin with the end of his ministry in which he was translated into heaven. And today we're going to interrupt the ending and add some information about Elijah and about this teaching. First of all, Elijah is mentioned in the Bible 68 times, 30 times in the New Testament. That's interesting. 68 times he's mentioned in the Bible. And uh, his message is to restore Jerusalem. And of course, he is to return in Malachi chapter 4 at the latter half of the Great Tribulation. In Revelations 11, 3 to 12, Malachi is just before Matthew. So let's take a look at... Uh, Did I miss Malachi here, John? In the end, it's Malachi four, five, and six. God refers to Elijah and Elisha as the most anointed man who stand before God. In the whole earth, Zechariah four eleven, and Revelations eleven three to twelve. Now, interesting thing about Elijah is that he brings the law. His punishment to Israel is to convince Israel to return to God. And of course, God gave him all the power. Made him, uh, made the nation suffer. He finally understood the grace of God in Luke 9.31. If you go to Luke, I need to Go to this, Luke nine. Is that this is this is when he came out of heaven and he engages himself with Moses in the transfiguration and they talk about what's going to happen. The learning here is that grace prevailed in the life of, of of Elijah because his whole ministry is really to to impose the law. But God uses Elijah to comfort and to strengthen Jesus a year before, after two and a half years in the Galilees, he now is heading to Jerusalem, and before that is the transfiguration, and for that is the time in which the two will talk to each other. Jesus talks to Moses and Elijah. And of course, that's in Luke chapter 9, verse 31. I'm trying to get it here. Luke chapter 9, I found it, verse 31. Here it is. Who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. So what do they spoke of? 
what is going to happen in Jerusalem. Mo, Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus. And I believe that that's the little door that he, he comes out in heaven, understanding finally the grace of God, because Elijah was a very, very, very punishing, powerful prophet. Slayed 850 prophets of Baal. If that happened in this day and age, it would discredit Christians from the work of Calvary and the grace of God. So, uh, he began in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, There shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. John 1.17. Let me read this to you. John 1, chapter 1, verse 17. And I want to talk to you about the application of this study today and what it means. For the law was given to Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so we're living a time in the world today in which we got to understand God doing His work by grace in our lives. We live in a time of grace. And so, let's now move to chapter 2 of Second Kings and deal with uh, the last moments of this great prophet. Verse 9, chapter 2, Second Kings. And it came to pass, when they were going over to Elijah, said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from you. So nothing is being said that Elijah is leaving this earth and being caught with a, uh, uh, horses in a, in a chariot of fire. Only that the heart knew the 50 prophets in Jericho that came out of Gilgal that moved on to, uh, what is the other place they moved to from Gilgal? Uh, before, before they moved into Gilgal, and then after that they moved into Jericho. Before Jericho, on chapter two, uh, Bethel, and then after Bethel, so it's, so it's Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and the Jordan, where they opened the. Elijah took his clothing and opened the river, and they walked with dry feet. After that, there comes the horses of fire. And, and the chariots of fire, and took Elijah. So, we're just at this moment on verse 9. Now, verse 9 simply means that it wasn't said, but the presence that the time for Elijah on this earth was about to happen. I just want you to know that that knowing intimately, it is a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Anyone who lives enough to minister in the name of the Lord knows that that's how the Holy Spirit presses upon you, gently and tenderly. And as He presses upon you, the, the Lord does the work. We're in Brazil, and a man got up and, 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 and began to talk, and I sensed that there was something about what he was saying that was not going to be said, and he was on the floor in the next ten minutes, next five, five seconds. Ten seconds. He was on the floor. I knew something was about to happen to that man. That's how the Holy Spirit works. There's a presence. There's an anointing. There's a movement. <coughs> and those who serve the Lord in this area. Because you see, 
It is an area that is not taught, an area that is not expressed, an area where there's not many books written, an area where most pastors and churches care less about it because they have a psychologist on staff who will deal with a psychological approach to a spiritual problem. And so it's a sad, sad day today when people that sense the presence of God are called charismatics in order to retaliate, in order to put them in harass. But I want you to know that those of us who stand in this area and proclaim the Christ of grace and power and glory in the Holy Spirit of God uh, are victorious. You're looking at one of them. And so Elijah knew that his companion, Elisha, had been hanging on him from, from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan, and now he, he just couldn't hang around him anymore. That was a request. I'm not leaving you. I'm, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not. Now, as, as, as was expected, the prophet Elijah responded to Elisha this way. If you see me, and you see me as I go, you'll have it. The problem is that on verse 11 it says, It came to pass, which is the clock running on this scripture. And so let's go back on verse 9. It came to pass when they were going over to Elijah, and over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He didn't ask the same spirit in the portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. He wanted twice as much. And twice as much here indicates that it's a hard thing. It is a hard thing to ask a man of God to give what he's got from God plus more, twice as much. But since you are going to heaven, since God is translating you into the, 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 the fire of the chariot and the horses of fire that are going to pass by, why to keep it? You know, you know the phrase, you can't take it with you. You cannot take it with you. So now suddenly, Elijah is recognizing that all he has, the power to do it. If you have the power to stop the rain from coming to Israel, then you have the power to give to Elisha what he's asking. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. <coughs> you have asked a great claim. Nevertheless, now the word nevertheless is here is, <coughs> I didn't know what you're going to ask. But I just have to tell you, I'm so impressed by you. If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so unto you. If you see me. If you don't see me, you're not going to get it. But if you see me. Now, how hard is that to happen? 
Why did Elijah impose the final request? You see me, you get it. You don't see me, you won't get it. Why that type of word game? What does it mean? You see, the anointing of God. I told you a story yesterday. Let me repeat it. I went to a baseball game. And when the hot dogs passed by, I looked at it. The bases were loaded. In a matter of ten seconds, the whole thing changed. The other team didn't score with the bases loaded. There was a double play. And the game was over. When I, when I finally got the hot dog and I paid for the hot dog, the, the field was empty. Everybody was gone. I thought, what happened? Broke done. So how hard it is to keep your eye on the prophet? It's because the speed of the Holy Spirit of God, the cherubims and the seraphims in the presence of God in Ezekiel chapter 1 is the first indication that the speed of the presence of God is faster than the speed of light. The move of the Spirit of God is fast. In other words, the vision was done, gone. And the only way to be able to see it is to look at somebody, put your hand on his overcoat, and, and do not take your eye from him. Because God moves real fast. Deliverance moves real fast. Healing is done real fast. Blessings is done real fast. In my time, in my ministry, in the days that I've been in ministry, I've seen things that you will not believe it. If I tell you what I've seen, you tell me that I am lying. But I've seen it. In the presence of God with my hand on His blood at the cross of Calvary, I've seen things that are overwhelmingly astounding. But it's happened so fast. Every vision that I ever had was fast. The last one was about a person that's supposed to come and work with us and help us and the Lord revealed that person in a matter of seconds. Amen. Are we now together here? Are we working together? Are you hearing me? So let's go. You have asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so unto you. Elijah knew that when God does things, it's real fast. Elijah knew that the young prophet is more interested in the appearance of things than the empowerment of things. He's interested in the move of things but not at the speed of light of the Holy Spirit. The young prophet is overwhelmed with the idea that he's going to have to substitute Elijah. You know, that's a, it's an associate pastor working for Billy Graham. Billy Graham goes to heaven, and somebody has to take over. This associate pastor is saying, oh, wow, what am I going to do? Great question should be to the those what do you see? 
Do you do we see the miracle working power of God, or we see something else? And that's the point of Elijah asking Elisha, if you see me, you get it. If you don't see me, you don't get it. Look, when you are preaching, rabbit holes appear everywhere. In order to stay with the will of God and the preaching of God and the communion of God, you cannot be influenced by anything that happens around you or, 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 or beside you. You have to stay with the Word. Speak what God gave to you. When He stopped talking, you stop talking. Some people talk after God spoke. And already in heaven, seeing, don't have coffee. And you continue to talk on your flesh. Now verse 11 again talks about it came to pass. So it's one time, twice time, three times. In chapter 2 of Second Kings, three times there's an interruption of the clock. And it came to pass. Slow down. And everything then is sort of a simply not dealt with yet. It stops. Alright? It simply stops. It came to pass as they still went on and talked. They still on and talked. What is it that Elisha is telling Elisha? Now listen, I'm going to be taken by the whirlwind. I want you to pay attention here. I'm going to heaven to be with the Father. But Jesus is going to be uh, interceding. He is on the right hand of God. And the grace of God will appear in the heavens. And the stars will proclaim the birth of the Savior. It's coming in the future. You have to prepare. If you study the ministry of Elisha, as opposed to the ministry of Elijah, you're going to find things that are very interesting. And we'll discover that and talk that within this series I call Elijah. Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Part 4, Part 5, Part 6, Part 7, Part 8, Part 9, Part 10. It will be 10 minutes, 10 teachings of 30 minutes, which is actually how many hours? Five hours. So I'll be teaching for five hours in the next, in the next 10 days. And so, uh, and it came to pass as they still went on. What do you mean still went on? They crossed the river Jordan, they kept on walking. And talked. It's right here. And talked. That behold, listen, look, observe, there appeared a chariot of fire. What do you mean by a chariot of fire? You can see that it's a chariot, but the fire is all over it. Why would fire be necessary to be in the vision? In order to purge the prophet, you can't get into heaven until you burn with fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to the little God. You can't approach God in the flesh 
You cannot in no shape or form approach Heavenly Father without being burned from your shaft, your imperfections, your sin, my sin. Notice that the chariots were burning with fire and the horses of fire. Now, how many horses it takes to carry a Chari- a, 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 a chariot. How many horses? Well, when Ben-Hur, in the movie Ben-Hur, uh, came out to run with the horses, there were five of them. Five of them. Now, five of them means that somebody has to be dealing with the horses. So you had an agent down there holding all those horses, and Elijah just hopped in. And parted them both asunder. Now, this idea of the King James scares me sometimes. So, would you give me the idea of what it says? It part. Verse 13. Yeah, first third, verse 11. And parted them both asunder. Yeah. As they were walking along. As they were walking along. Talking together. Talking together. Suddenly. Suddenly. A chariot of fire and horses. A chariot of fire and horses. I separated the two of them. And Elijah was taken up to heaven. In a whirlwind. Now, the whirlwind, it's a movement that propels what's on the ground to move up. Every time you see a hurricane, it takes the dirt, it takes the house, it takes the car, it takes the trees, and it goes in the air, and it rolls. The whirlwind in this sense here, is that Elijah disappeared in the glory of God. Because in the wind, was the wind was perfect. The chariots got in too. So where, where did that whirlwind stop? Above the stars in the constellations of heaven. In a matter of five seconds, they were in eternity in the presence of God. And the work of the flesh of Elijah was transformed into a spiritual flesh, for the fire burned the chef with unquenchable fire in the life of this prophet. The original Hebrew here says, And Elijah went on in a storm into the heavens. It doesn't mention whirlwind. Two only of the seed of Adam, Enoch and Elijah, have passed from earth to heaven without dying. Elijah and Enoch. Only two. Now, looking at all of that, being overwhelmed by what God was doing, Elisha saw it. Meaning, that if you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you have to pay attention to what's going on and stop looking at the earthly things around you and put your eyes on the spiritual things that is happening. And when you do that, you begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is faster than the speed of light. The absence of the anointing is operating on a speed of light, speed that doesn't 
is, is a fleshy and spiritual speed. When you begin to move into the realm of the spiritual of God and the Holy Spirit, it's very fast. You have to keep your eye on it in order to understand and to see what the Lord is doing. I'm praying for people. The altar is packed. In a matter of seconds, I look, and there, there's right there. I have to go from here to there because that's where the Lord wants to begin on the prayer line. Not here, not here, not here, but there. And as I do, He tells me, go, go back here, and then go back there, and then go back here. And the back. We, we, we had altar time in Brazil this time for 15 hours out of the six services that we served. We prayed for 15 hours. Not one, not two, not three, but 15. Five plus five plus five. There were six services. Divide 15 by six. What you get? 15 by six, about two and a half. Every service between two and a half and three hour services. Four hour, one time was four hour services. And nobody got tired. People prayed on and stayed standing up and prayed. I, I didn't get tired. I prayed on and prayed on and prayed on. And so the presence of God, the lightning of the Holy Spirit, the move of God is much faster than what you, your mind perceive to be. That's the first lesson in understanding the Holy Spirit. It's fast. And so Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. I know that Elijah was the strength of Israel. God used this man mildly. And suddenly he's not there anymore. So Elisha, the leftover, the, the one who did not go up, is saying, Oh God, oh God, what am I going to do? Oh God, what am I going to do? Oh Lord, what am I going to do? And the Bible says in chapter 2 of Second Kings, verse 12, in the middle of that verse it says, And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothing, rented them in two pieces. He's saying he is no longer a learner, but now a prophet. When you tear your clothes off and say, I, I, I'm now a learner. I'm a prophet now. I received the double. What does the double anointing does? It changes your clothing. I'm writing a series of studies on the anointing in the life of any elder. And one of the things I'm saying on that document is that the anointing of God changes your raiment, the way you think about yourself, the way you do serve the Lord the way you, you get up in the morning, the way you, you do the things that God required to do. And so I'm praying to you, to the Lord this morning, that if you want a double anointing of the Lord, keep your eye on this ministry, and God will give it to you. If you really want to be blessed and abundantly blessed, for the gifts and the call, are without repentance, and I want you to know there's a lot of repentance in my heart, and I'm going to finish on a ball of fire. Listen to me. You want a double anointing, I'd like for you to have it. I want God to empower your life, to renew your life, to strengthen your life, so you begin doing things that are 
a faster speed that you ever, ever, ever dealt with before. Some of you are 10 miles an hour. You've got to go 100 miles an hour. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I pray, Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to give a double anointing of your Spirit upon the people of God. I pray, God, that the person that is listening to me this morning receive the anointing of God to conduct proper ministry, to conduct healing, deliverance, to conduct the moment of salvation in the lives of thousands. That there will be no anxiety, no torment, no fear. And there will not be any shape or form flesh that interrupts the speed of God to save. So in the name of Jesus, I come against every voice that disrupts the flowing of the Holy Spirit in your life. I come against the idea that the Holy Spirit is simply a feeling you have or a voice or an attribute, but the move of the powerful God that provides the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen. The Lord bless you. Remember, rekindle the flame. It's going to happen on the 12th of July. I'm inviting you to come. You need to come to Mud Bethel Church in Marietta, Georgia. God bless you. We are young, but I'm